Amen. Great singing, great song. Second John in your Bible. Second John. If you go all the way to the back of the New Testament, back by the book of Revelation, and start turning back toward the front, you'll see Jude, and then Third John and Second John. Second Epistle of John. This entire letter, inspired and preserved as part of the Word of God, is only 13 verses. We're going to stand and read this entire letter. You can tell people today that you read a whole book of the Bible. So let's stand. There's some chapters that are 60, 70 verses. And of course, the, the longest chapter of the Bible is almost 200 verses, but here you can read a whole book in just 13 verses. And this is a, a letter inspired of God that was written to a lady and her children. Now, the Apostle John writing to them, and of course God by inspiration writing to all of us. We're going to read this together. We'll read the odd-numbered verses together. I'll read the even-numbered verses alone. And then I'll pray, and we'll have a special, and then come back for the message. Second John, uh, verses 1 through 13, the Word of God says, The elder unto the elect lady and her children, whom I love in the truth, and not I only, but also all they that have known the truth. For the truth's sake, which dwelleth in us, and shall be with us forever. Grace be with you, mercy and peace, from God the Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of the Father, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly that I found of thy children walking in truth as we have received a commandment from the Father. And now I beseech thee, lady, not as though I wrote a new commandment unto thee, but that which we had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love, that we walk after his commandments. This is the commandment that as ye have heard from the beginning, ye should walk in it. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him God speed. For he that biddeth him God speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Having many things to write unto you, I would not write with paper and ink, 
but I trust to come unto you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. The children of thy elect sister greet thee. Amen. And let's pray and we'll have the special. Father, we thank you for what we've read. And Lord, these are the eternal words of God. And I'm grateful that whether a book is long or short, it still contains thy truth if it's in the Bible. And there are many wonderful lessons we could talk about from this book today, but we ask that you'd give us discernment and understanding in the truth that you have for us to discuss today. Lord, we want you to be high and lifted up. We want to make Christ as glorious and as amazing as he is. And we ask that our hearts would be tender and receptive to the truth. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Great job, young men. We appreciate that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the great song, and I pray that would be the cry of our hearts. All that thrills my soul is Jesus. So many substitutes in this life, but there's only one real thing. I pray you'd help us as we strive to 
lift you up today. Give me the words to say. Give us ears to hear. May the Spirit of God accomplish an eternal work. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. We read the entire book of 2 John, and while there's many wonderful truths that could be taught here, you say, how many sermons can you get out of a little book like that? You would be surprised, and uh, we could preach for a long time out of, out of these words because they are eternal, they are deep, they are fascinating and life-changing. But today our text verse is verse 9. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. I want to preach a message this morning, the doctrine of Christ. Think about that, the doctrine of Christ. Now our theme for the year is sound doctrine, healthy doctrine, the the teachings. Doctrine means teachings, Bible teachings. The word sound means healthy, complete, full. And so our goal this year is to promote and teach the sound doctrine of the Bible. And of course, this is our goal uh, in our church every week. You know, you can go to a lot of churches where you don't hear from the Bible. The preacher will get up and philosophize or they'll talk to you about different things. I remember the Cliffords when they came here uh, a few years ago, they had visited a church right before here where the entire Sunday morning sermon was about global warming. And they didn't open the Bible. And uh, Don's not known for uh, watching his tongue. If you've been around him, it's like if it crosses his brain, it just comes out his mouth. And uh, yeah, which makes him a lot of fun to be around. And uh, so... Uh, he asked the lady, he said something like, how'd you enjoy the service? And he said, well, it would have been better if you would have mentioned Jesus. And uh, the lady pastor was a little taken aback by that. But I agree, the sermon would have been better if she would have mentioned Jesus. You know, church is about God. It's not about what, what your thoughts are or what, whatever trendy or popular philosophies are going on in the world. It's about God. It's about Christ. And our goal is to uplift Christ and the teachings that the healthy doctrines of the word of God are the lifeblood of the church. The blood takes all the nutrients to every cell in your body. And the, the Bible, giving those sound doctrines, the teachings are the, the nutrients we need, all the things that are, we need to function as a Christian in this world. And so we're enjoying the theme this year, and I think you're going to get a lot out of it as we go along. But here we have the doctrine of Christ mentioned in the Bible, the teachings of Christ, the Bible teachings about Christ. And the Bible says, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. Well, that's powerful. I was soul winning years ago in a small town called Linton, Indiana. I grew up six miles outside of a town called Jasonville. And Jasonville was about a thousand people. We lived on Highway 59, which is about six miles outside of town. I went to school in Jasonville. The church I was saved at, Blessed Old Baptist Church, was in Jasonville. But where I grew up, you would have small towns, and then you would drive for 5, 10, 15 minutes and get to the next small town. And, and these roads were kind of like arteries that just went around all the farms, and you'd have corn and soybeans and winter wheat, depending on the time of the year. 
pig farms, cow farms. I often say there's more cows and corn where I grew up than there are people, which is true. And uh, so I was in Linton. This was kind of the biggest small town near us where we grew up. They had a few fast food places. I remember when I was young, my grandma used to take me to Hardee's, and we would get the cinnamon raisin biscuits before she'd take me to the Pentecostal church. And um, I remember they, she used to buy me those raisins. Remember years ago, some of you old people, you remember those raisin commercials that Hardee's had? And so I had my little rubber raisins, and I had my Hardee's, and we'd go there, and I'd get a talk to and healed by the Pentecostal preacher. And a wonderful morning, by the way. And uh, they had a Long John Silver's. I thought Long John Silver's was real seafood. <laughs> For probably until I was about 23... I thought that this was seafood. You know, the fish tastes like the fries. The fries taste like the hush puppies, and it just all tastes the same. And I, I still would pay good money for a Long John Silver's hush puppy. I don't know what they do to those things, but they are delicious. And, um, but it really came on the map when they got a Walmart. And so when I was a young teenager, they built a Walmart, and, man, everybody went to Linton for things. Linton had a little bit bigger school, and um, everything was bigger there. They were about... 5,000 people at the time, so they were five times bigger than, than our hometown. Before the Walmart came into Linton, you'd have to drive 40 minutes to get any type of big box store at all. Uh, so uh, Linton was a place where you'd go where there's a lot of people. So after I got born again and, and uh, became a soul winner, I was out knocking doors one day by myself as a, as a 17-year-old young man, and I was going door-to-door speaking to people about the Lord in Linton. And I'll never forget this interaction. I knocked on a door. I was greeted by a man probably in his mid to late 30s. We had a few minutes of pleasant conversation, and I turned the conversation to the Lord. And I asked what we often ask, if, God forbid, if you were to die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven, or do you have any doubt about it? He said, oh, I'm, I'm sure I'd go to heaven. And as is my custom, I'll say, well, what? What makes you think you're going to go to heaven? And sometimes I'll say something like this. If, if you were standing at the gates of heaven and God says, why should I let you in? What would you tell me? And he said, oh, I'm a good person. Which is what a lot of people say. By the way, that's the wrong answer. The only acceptable answer that opens those doors are, I believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died on the cross for my sin, was buried and rose again. I asked him to save me. I believe in him. He said, oh, I'm a good person, which isn't uncommon for people that don't understand the scripture. And I explained that Jesus died on the cross, and, and he said, well, I'm, I'm a good person. And I looked at him and said, what about Jesus? I'll never forget, this is burned in my brain. He looked back at me with a shrug and said, what about him? And I was just, I couldn't speak for a moment. I'm like, what about him? <laughs> it's, it's all about him is what I was thinking. It, it's all about him, but I'll never forget that shrug. It's like, what about him? Well, he died on the cross. To... What about it? Well, he rose again from the dead. You know, unfortunately, that's the attitude of a lot of people today when they talk about Jesus or when Jesus comes up, the answer is almost a dismissive shrug and what about him? What about Jesus? 
Many people today might say, what's the big deal about Jesus anyway? You know, there was a day in America where even if people were not Christians, they knew that Jesus was a big deal. Even if they didn't believe the, the Bible in its entirety, they knew that there was something different about this book. And some of you are old enough to remember, you know, there was almost kind of a, a little bit of a reverence still. I mean, even... even uh, Criminals would sometimes, they would tiptoe around the things of the Lord because they weren't looking for trouble. <laughs> you know, they, they may not be who they want to be, but they're not borrowing trouble. They're not going to pick a fight with God. But nowadays, there's a, almost this general spirit in our country about what's the big deal about Jesus anyway. And our verse, verse 9, tells us what the big deal is. And I want to remind you this morning, Jesus is the big deal. Verse 9, whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. You know, the Bible's very clear. What's the big deal about Jesus? Jesus is the only way to have a positive relationship with God. He's the only one that can bring sinful man and holy God back together if you don't have Jesus, you don't have God. And what it means by you don't have him is you're on the wrong side. You are an enemy of God. You are an alien. You are on the wrong team, friend, the wrong eternal team. And hell and damnation await. Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. John 5.23 says that all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. Don't miss this. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. God says, if you want me, you come through my Son. And if you don't want my Son, then you don't get me. You know, one of the best ways that you can show me that you love me is to be kind to my children. One of the best ways that you can get on my bad side is to not be kind to my children. I think that's true for all of us. Somebody just walks up and slaps your kid in the, in the supermarket. Now we got a problem, even if they deserved it. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, now we got a problem. And God's like, if you want to come to me, you've got to come through my son. And if you don't have the son, you don't have the father. Jesus Christ is the de deciding factor in where you will spend eternity. It's not what church you go to. It's not whether you've been baptized or not. It's not your intentions. When you die, God's not going to say, oh, you're a Presbyterian, wonderful, come on in. He's not going to say, oh, you're a Baptist, hey, you got, you got your membership card? Okay, yeah, come on in. It's not gonna, it doesn't matter how many times you've been baptized. It doesn't matter how many times you help old ladies across the street or, or gave money to the church, although that's a good thing to do in the right spirit. But a lot of people trying to buy their way into heaven. Rich people live a wicked life. And they leave a bunch of money to the church at the end, hoping that that's going to buy them in. Folks, that's not the way it works. There is one way to go to heaven, and that is through Jesus Christ. Our text verse starts out with, Whosoever transgresseth. Well, the problem is we all transgress. Romans 3.10, There's none righteous, no, not one. Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Physical death, and the second death, spiritual death, eternal death in hell. But the gift of God 
is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So our only hope for forgiveness of sins and deliverance from, from eternal damnation is this thing called the doctrine of Christ. If you want God, you've got to have the doctrine of Christ. So it must be important what this thing, the doctrine of Christ, is, and that's our message this morning. Let me make a few introductory comments, then I'll give you some meat this morning. We learn in our context four introductory truths to our message today. Number one, there are many deceivers regarding the truth of Jesus Christ. Look at 2 John verse 7. For many deceivers are entered into the world. Have you ever known a time when people are more comfortable lying than they are today? I mean, they'll just, you'll watch something happen, they'll, they'll tell you something different happened. They'll say something, they'll tell you they said something different. They don't believe your lying eyes. There's such a spirit of deception and dishonesty in our world today, and that is an element of the last days. But notice the verse here, what are they lying about? Who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. These are deceivers lying about who Jesus is. And notice what it says. This, or lying about Jesus Christ, lying that Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh, is a deceiver and an antichrist. You know, there's people wondering, when's the antichrist going to show up? There's always been a lot of little antichrists. There has always been the spirit of Antichrist. And you can know them by because they deny who Jesus Christ is. They'll say, Jesus isn't the Son of God. Jesus didn't die on the cross. Jesus didn't even exist. Jesus Christ did not come in the flesh. Nowadays, they'll say, uh, well, there, historically, there was no person called Jesus Christ. And, and that's just them showing their ignorance. Because history, there's more evidence that a man named Jesus Christ lived died and rose again than that Abraham Lincoln was the president of the United States. You say that's not true. No, that's because you're an American. There is more history in the world that Jesus Christ is who he said he is and did what he said he did than that George Washington was the president of the United States. And people puffed up with pride. Oh, Jesus never existed. Well, Jesus was just a man Jesus was just, no, that's a spirit of Antichrist, sir. You're, you're saying what the devil wants you to say, ma'am. And that is a deception. And of course, Satan wants people to believe that because if they don't have the doctrine of the Son, they don't have the Father. They don't get to go to heaven. These deceivers deny that Jesus Christ is God's Son in the flesh. They deny His redemptive work on the cross. They deny His bodily resurrection. There are lying manuscripts, and sometimes you'll hear people talk about the gospel of Judas. I was talking to a man one time, like, well, I read the gospel of Judas, and it says, I said, would you just roll that back and say that again, the gospel of Judas. Well, first of all, Jesus, Judas didn't write a gospel, but if he did, do you really want to take his word for things? The guy who was a thief... The guy who betrayed Jesus? I believe Judas over Jesus. Good luck with that. Does that make any sense? These things, well, the, the, I read the Jesus papers. Hogwash, as we say in the country. Hogwash. Baloney. Maybe you know that reference. Foolishness. 
There's, there's all kinds of lying manuscripts. There's books about how Jesus wasn't. It's all lying deceptions. There's lying movies and lying entertainment. I remember back when the Da Vinci Code came out. And I was talking to someone out on Soul Winning. They said, oh, I read the Da Vinci Code. Jesus had an affair with, with Mary. And, uh, and I, looked, I just looked at him and said, it's probably a good idea not to get your theology from the fiction aisle at Walmart. I said, you're basing your eternal soul on a fictional book. And people don't think. There are lying religions, false religions. Let me name some for you. Mormonism teaches that Jesus Christ is not the Son of God. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Jehovah's Witness don't teach that Jesus is the Son of God as the Bible. Islam teaches that Jesus was a decent guy, but he was not the Savior, the Son of God. Christian science doesn't teach the truth about Jesus. Scientology doesn't teach the truth about Jesus. Universalist Unitarian doesn't preach the church about Jesus. There's all kinds of of places. Listen, folks. If I haven't made you mad yet, receive this in the spirit which it was given. Roman Catholicism does not teach the truth about Jesus Christ and salvation. Some of you may have never heard that before. True Roman Catholic doctrine is the, the church is the way of salvation. And Jesus Christ is a part of that and not even the main part. The Bible teaches that that is a deception and the spirit of Antichrist. New Ageism, Spiritism, Animism, Taoism don't even discuss Jesus Christ. There's fake history and false science that deny the truth of Jesus Christ. Folks, we've got to understand, Jesus Christ is the pinnacle figure in all of human history. And in the last 20, 30, 40 years, you're not getting that. Every time you write the date, today is April 2nd, 2023. Every time you write the date, it is 2023 because Jesus Christ changed the history of the world. It is an admonition every time you write the date that a man named Jesus transformed humanity. And people are like, ah, what about Jesus? Jesus is the thing. He's the thing. You say you're making a big deal about Jesus. Not big enough. He is the linchpin. And we live in a world where I was talking to someone recently, and, and, and the world's trying to make, and I actually have this conversation quite, quite regularly, the world is trying to make things that are different feel like the same. Now, we're just all going the same place. Every, every political system's the same. Every religion's the same. Every church is the same. My friend, things that are different aren't the same. And God said, the first thing you should ask about any religious structure is, what do they say about Jesus? Amen. 
I feel like we should dig in a little further. This isn't in my notes, but we're just going to follow the Lord here. Look back at 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit. You know what? You can go to a false church and feel something. Oh, I felt something. Ooh, that's... That song, it moved me. That, that boy, I just, I just felt something in that place. But the Bible says don't believe every spirit. Well, how do I know which ones to believe or not? The first question you ask is, what are they saying about Jesus? Let's read on. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try or test the spirits whether they are of God. Now, wait a minute. That means there are some spirits that are from God and there are some spirits that are not from God. And they're both speaking to us, trying to get our attention. So how can we tell them apart? It goes on to say, because there are many false prophets gone out in the world. False prophets are empowered by false spirits. Verse 2. Hereby know ye the Spirit, capital S. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. This is the test. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. Verse 3. Every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. The number one question you ask before you listen to a preacher, what are they saying about Jesus? The number one question you ask before you consider a church, what are they saying about Jesus? Before you consider a religion, what are they saying about Jesus? He is the pinnacle. He's the fulcrum upon which truth sits and stands. He is the foundation of everything we believe. If you get Jesus wrong, nothing else matters and you lose your soul. Now, sometimes people are frustrated. They're like, okay, I don't mind Jesus being a part of of religion. But sometimes people get frustrated that that we talk like Jesus is the only way. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason why we talk about Jesus is the only way. And that's because he's the only way. <laughs> right? So look at John, the Gospel of John, chapter 14. I just want to lay this out. I don't know if anybody needs it, but this is where the Spirit's leading me, so we'll dive in. John chapter... 14, and, and I use this verse often, but it's, it's so important. <clears throat> in our world today, have you ever seen one of those bumper stickers that says coexist? Yeah. And it's got all these different religions that hate each other, <laughs> you know, trying to, well, that, it's all the same. Why can't we all get along? Because we don't worship Satan. That's, that's a deal breaker for me, Amen. you know, uh, because we don't kill people. If they don't believe our religion, that's a deal breaker for me. 
uh, saying that Jesus Christ is a false prophet and the, the, the progeny of Mary being raped by a Roman soldier, that's, and he's not the Son of God, that's a deal breaker for me. Saying that, well, magic and all of these other things is the way and, and Wiccan, and, well, that's kind of a deal breaker for me. Really, the, the ultimate deal breaker is what do you say about Jesus? Because that's what God says. That's the test. Now, there's a lot of good people that believe a lot of different things. So I want to make sure you understand. There is a difference between those at the top of certain religious structures and, and worldly philosophies that know it's deceptive and the followers who follow them. Are you with me? I'm not upset at all about the person who believes falsehood but doesn't know any better or they've, they've never heard the truth. Matter of fact, we spend a lot of time and effort going out trying to love them and encourage them and, and help them know the truth. Amen? Evangelism, soul winning. But I've got a real problem with the people at the top who know it's not true. You say, how do they know it's not true? They know it's not true. I'm not talking everybody up, but I'm telling you the ones at the top, they know it's not true. And it's usually for power, money, or some other form of control. Religion is a lever that bad people use to control other people. That's why some people say, well, I hate all religion. No, I understand what you're saying, but don't lump Jesus in with that. Don't, don't lump what the Bible calls true religion in with that. Evil people use the idea of religion in terrible ways. Sometimes people will say, well, I don't like Christianity, you know, those crusades. I'll say, that wasn't us. Do you know Baptists weren't involved in the Crusades? That's right. Do you know the Crusades were the Catholic Church and, and uh, those other things and, and Islam and all that? Do you know that the same Catholic Church at the time that was fighting those battles were also killing people that went to churches like this? That's, his, that's history. Because we would not, people like us would not agree with Baptism of babies, because people like us would not say the Pope speaks for God. Why are you getting me in all this deep stuff today? <laughs> Let me just give you a truth that maybe I, I don't say often enough. <coughs> the Pope does not speak for God. If that's shocking for you, it really shouldn't be. The Pope does not speak for God. The Catholic Church isn't the way to heaven. And neither is any other religion or church. It's Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the way to heaven. And so look at why, why, what I was going to say is the world today doesn't mind you being spiritual, but they don't want you being a Christian. And there's a difference. If you say you believe in God or you're spiritual, very few people have a problem with that. What people have a problem with is saying Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. 
And as soon as you make that exclusion, they're like, now we got a problem. And Jesus really is the linchpin, and he's also the one that takes a lot of fire from even religious people. That's why there's so much argument about Jesus. But look what the Bible says in, in John chapter 14, verse 6. Remember, this isn't me telling you. It's Jesus, uh, and it's the Bible. But Jesus uh, said these words, verse 6 of John chapter 14. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way. Now, wait a minute. That word the is a very specific Greek word. It means the one and only. So it's not like saying I'm going to go down to the Walmart because there's a lot of Walmarts. It's like saying I'm going to go down to the one and only such and such. There's only one. I'm going to go down to to the house. I only have one house. And this is a word that means very specifically the one and only. So Jesus saith unto him, I am the one and only way, the one and only truth, the one and only life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And now we've got a problem, folks. Either that's true or it's not. Either Jesus is telling you the truth or he's lying to you. And I've got to tell you, folks, he's not only telling you the truth, he is the truth. Let's go back to 2 John. I'll finish up. I don't know how you got me off on all that stuff. No, just trusting the Lord, following what he wanted. Let me just give you these final introductory comments. We said number one, just by introduction, I'll get my sermon another time, I guess. Uh, <laughs> there are many deceivers regarding the truth of Jesus. We see that in 2 John verse 7. Then we see number two, by the doctrine of Christ, we are saved or lost. We see that in 2 John chapter 9. If you abide not in the doctrine of Christ, you have not God. That's speaking of you don't have a relationship with God, you don't have salvation. But he that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. I've got other verses where that shows you that, how that equates to eternal salvation. Number three, rejecting the doctrine of Christ is a reason to reject fellowship and blessing. So look at 2 John verse 10. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, what doctrine? The doctrine of Christ. Receive him not into your house. Neither bid him Godspeed. So what someone believes about Jesus is actually the test for fellowship. We don't fellowship with people that don't. You say, do you work with other churches? I don't work with other churches that don't believe what the Bible says about Jesus. You say, why? Because that's what the Bible tells me to do. The Bible also says not even to bid them Godspeed. That's a blessing. So, for example, a Mormon comes to my house and wants to do a Bible study. I don't let them in my house. You say, why? The Bible says not to let them in your house. They don't believe like the Bible teaches about Jesus. That's why they have a whole other book. They'll say they believe the Bible, and then as soon as they're comfortable, they'll slip you the Book of Mormon. Well, why do you need another book? Well, this book doesn't have enough. No, it's got plenty. (laughs) Jehovah's Witness comes to my house, and, and I don't let them in the house. You say, we're well, not being polite. Well, the Bible says not to let him in the house. I'll talk to him on the porch. But I won't say God bless you when they leave. That's right. You say, why? The Bible says don't bid him Godspeed. Hey, Godspeed. You know, hey, I hope the Lord blesses your endeavors. No, I don't want him to bless you taking the not truth to people. That's right. You say, boy, that's kind of harsh. 
It's really not. Do you say God bless you to a drug dealer? See a drug dealer on the corner. Hey, God bless you. No. You say God bless you to the criminal? God bless you as you break into a house. Of course not. So this is the test of fellowship. And then number four, rejecting the doctrine of Christ is evil. So look at 2 John chapter, chapter 1. There's only one chapter. Amen. Verse 11. For he that biddeth him God's speed is partaker of his evil deeds. Who's his? The person that doesn't have the doctrine of Christ. And what's their evil deed? Telling people that not to believe the doctrine of Christ. It is evil to lie about who Jesus is and what he did. It's evil. You say, what's the big deal? It's evil. Jesus talked about making people twofold the child of hell. Everyone's lost, but watch this. Someone's lost. If they don't get saved, they can't go to heaven. They have to go to a terrible place called hell. Jesus died on the cross to rescue them from that. How can someone be twofold the child of hell? So now they're lost, but now they believe a false religion that's another step away from getting saved. So now in order to get saved, they have to understand that they've believed something that's not true and then believe the truth. Now they're two steps away from heaven instead of one. And Jesus condemned the Pharisees for making people twofold the child of hell. That's evil. It's evil to pull, to make people further away from heaven. Well, rejecting the doctrine is evil. Blessing those who reject it are partakers of the evil deeds. I had no intention to get into all that this morning, other than just passing. But my commitment to you is twofold. Number one, I want to teach you the Bible. And number two, I want to teach you the things that God wants you to teach. God wants us to address on the days He wants us to address them. Amen. And so I've, I'm confident that's what the Lord wants us to talk about. And I, I really think that this is important. In the last days, there's going to be an ecumenical movement. You've seen this the last hundred years. There's going to be an outward pressure for churches and religious groups of all types to work together. And what, if you read the book of Revelation, one reason that's going to happen is so later when the Antichrist does come, he can take care of all the religious people at one time. He's going to kill them all. We must resist the pressure to compromise what the Bible says to get along with people who don't believe what the Bible says about Amen. Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen? If you struggle with that, if you're not sure about that, don't just get upset. Come talk to me about that. You know, Pastor, I've never heard that before. That was kind of harsh. Or that was kind of... Others of you are like, yeah, get him. And then, <laughs> you know, and then there's others like, what's he saying? How can this be true? You know, my heart's broken. And uh, talk, talk about it. You know, let's, yeah. let's talk about it because there's a lot of depth here and it's really meaningful. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the truth. And I pray that you'd help us to make Christ the focal point in everything, in our doctrine, in everything we do, that Christ would be the focal point. We want him to be at our church. And so, Father, we know that you want the Son to be honored. And you've given all honor to the Son and he points the honor to you and People have to have the Son to have you. And I pray that you'd help us to use the word skillfully to, to do so and to teach that. And so, Lord, we ask you 
that you'd speak to our hearts, that we would yield to your truth. And Lord, that you'd help us to be strong in the faith, strong in the Lord and the power of his might.